All right, look at me. What a clever son of a gun. That's me, Ian Pope, the Popecast, running things with two hands here. What am I doing? Okay, I did it. I did it, guys. I just executed the impossible. I just brought in music to the Popecast. I figured out how to sync my phone to the soundboard, to the computer, to all sorts of things that I'm really not qualified to figure out. But I did it, and I did it for you. That's not true. I did it for me. But hey, here we are. I digress. Regardless, this is the Popecast. You are listening to the Popecast. I know that you know that, but now you really know. In case you just clicked on something on your phone with your eyes closed, now you are fully aware this is the Popecast. And that is brought to you by (laughs) me, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, so I uh, decided I had a few minutes here. The kids are napping, and uh, I just decided to throw down a Popecast here for you guys going to talk about a new project that I've been working on lately. Some of you who are with me on Facebook may have seen this, the uh, Slow Down, the newsletter that I'm trying to put together, a community source newsletter. I had the first edition, get off the ground, get out the door. Recently, I'm excited about that project. I'm going to kind of explain it a little bit more, flesh it out for you guys a little bit. Um, so you can, um, get a sense for why I did that. It's kind of a off the wall thing to do. Um, but I think I maybe had like a half a good reason. So I'll explain that a little bit. And besides that, I don't really know what else I'm going to talk about. This is kind of just an impromptu podcast. I didn't make so much in the way of notes. Let me bring my phone over here and see if that will give me some aid. Um, but I'll just start things right off right away with, What's going on with my sound? Problem solved. I'm going to start this thing off right away with just explaining the popecast, or sorry, explaining the slowdown. As always, these popecasts are recorded in one take. Um, no editing, no going back, no do overs, no uh, whoopsie doopsie. Um, none, none of that. So, um, for better or worse, and usually for worse. So, we're two and a half minutes in, and I've basically said nothing yet. Um, but that's how time works. And that's where we are. The slowdown came together nicely. I had six contributors, a little over 40 people on the mailing list. Now more people reached out once they kind of saw a finished copy. Um, Kind of brings the idea together a little bit. One of the reasons why I wanted to do this is simply because I like design work. I like to piece things together on the computer, um, newspaper style, and just do the layout of it. It's kind of just something that I enjoy doing. Um, have a little bit of experience doing it. I was raised more or less, uh, spent a lot of time after school in the uh, photo division of the Des Moines Register. Um, my dad worked there, so I've kind of got newspapers close to the heart um, and the process of newspapering, um, ro- romanticized old notions of um, what journalism used to be, which in my experience it was mainly just guys... Um, who are allowed to have bottles of liquor in their desks in the newsroom, you know? So that's, I think that's all we need to do to save journalism is to just bring back drinking in the newsroom. Um, Those guys were awesome, man. Those old school journalists, they didn't take any shit. They were pretty much just all gruff bastards um, from what my young memory um, recalls, you know, just hardened by, hardened by years of no nonsense news reporting um so now 
you know, all those guys, of course, were fired and let go. At least the local ones that I knew involved with the Des Moines Register were fired and let go, you know, due to budget cuts when um, Gannett purchased the Tribune Company. I think that's how it worked, right? Um, so anyway, all those old school guys got fired and were just uh, now they were no longer alcoholic newsmen. Now they're just alcoholics who used to be newsmen. So love those guys. Um Almost every last one of them. So, yeah, I spent a lot of time in the dark room of the newspaper um, where my dad worked at the time. And it was for film photography. I mean, this was back before digital had really taken off. And it was just basically immersing my young brain into um, the smells of developer and all the other chemicals that go into bringing film to life. So that was cool. My dad's friend Russell worked down in the basement down there, did, he did uh, layout of um, of uh, the obituaries, and so they would like send him. I think it was all through those like pneumatic airlines where you just like they have at the bank. The they would actually type up copy um, on a typewriter. If I'm not crazy, I think this is how it worked. This was like almost before computers were popular, or maybe they were just in the very beginning days of computers. But they would type these things up one way or another, and then they would send him in a pneumatic line um, down there to Russell, who was in the basement, and he would get these pieces of paper, and he had an X-Acto knife, just like a fine little knife that he would cut the edges with to get them to be just the right size, and then he would literally glue them up onto the board, um, which was a newsprint-sized board in front of him on, like, an easel. And I don't know how it got from there to the printer, but this is back when the printers were all somewhere in the basement of that old uh, register building downtown where that now holds Hello Marjorie. So I spent a lot of time. Whenever I go into Hello Marjorie uh, down there, um, I always think back to all the time after school. I think I would just have to sort of hang out there until my dad got off work because it was like easier than finding childcare. So I'm just going to send my son out to wander the newsroom and. Uh, you know, smell the booze on the breaths of uh, the old school guys that were out there. Um, then eventually my dad got a, a food column with City View called the Street Smart Fat Boy, and he was writing uh, food reviews. We would go to different restaurants all over town, and um, we would just order everything on the menu, and then he would write up a review um, that would go into the city view. So that was always kind of fun. The street smart fat boy. I like to dig out some of those old articles. The old man is a pretty good writer. Um, and those were fun times where we would just, you know, he would say, just bring us out one of each appetizer. And there was a budget for this. This is how much, how much journalism was popping off at this point. There was like a budget where we would have, you know, I mean, it would be several hundred dollars and they would all, they would just pay for it all. It seems Seems absolutely absurd in hindsight, um, but that uh, is kind of my journalistic roots. And then me and the Birchmeister, who still works for the Register to this day, um, I would say he's a he's of an old school journalistic spirit, uh, much like a lot of those old guys. Not just because he will occasionally have a Captain Coke or a vodka and Red Bull, um, but because uh, he's like one of those guys who you can't imagine doing anything else except for journalism. Like he's just like meant to be a sports reporter. One of those guys. So me and Birch, uh, before he went on to greater glory with the Iowa state daily, 
Uh, we attended DMAC in Ankeny and were uh, members of the DMAC, what was it, the DMAC Chronicle, um, whatever they called that thing. So I don't remember. I was pretty much slacking as much as possible. I think Tommy did some real work there. I did some photography work. I remember taking a picture of a parking lot after like a water main broke and it was in the winter so it was frozen or something. I really was just trying to do as little work as possible and to skate through that process uh, with a passing grade. But Birch was learning real stuff. I maybe um, absorbed some things by accident. But uh, that was kind of where my uh, foray into journalism ended. Um, and then from there, um, ended up out at Knox College a couple of years later. And um, the closest thing I've done to journalism since then was our sweet show on uh, Knox College Radio, which broadcast to the whole town of Galesburg, um, which was great fun, actually. we had There was a prison next to school down there in Galesburg, and it was like a regional prison or a statewide prison of some sort. So a lot of folks from the Chicago area would end up down there serving long sentences. So a lot of their family members moved down there. And they all just kind of lived right next to us on campus. So a lot of our listeners were just like the family members of these convicts who ended up living in, in Galesburg. Um, so, their, uh, so their visit to their loved one in prison would be shorter. But we would open up the phone lines and a lot of those folks would call in and it was some wild times. We had some late night shows. We did some freestyle rap rap contests on the air, which were absolutely insane. But like we would have somebody in studio do a freestyle rap and then we would open up the phone lines and somebody would call in um, from a long ways away or sorry, not not from a long ways away, but from uh, from from the neighborhood. And um, the one that I remember the most was we just had this like fun loving rap, whoever did the first freestyle. And then the next guy who called in was like it was like DMX, you know, cut you up. I'm going to kill you all. It was like so hardcore that we were just like, whoa, okay, well, there's that guy's our winner. You win. Uh, the contest is over now. You are insane and an incredible rapper. I hope that guy uh, was signed to a deal of some sort. Maybe he was calling from inside the prison. I, you know, I never thought of that until now, but that guy was like hardcore and legit. Um, anyway, the slowdown is what has come in some way or another through all of those different threads um, in some way, I guess. Um, but another part of it is that social media, all the communication on social media happens at such a rapid rate these days that there's a post and there's a comment and there's a response and a response and a response and a response and people are just posting as fast as they can type um, and in large part, just, you know, regurgitating someone else's ideas or um, just sort of echoing things that they've heard or, you know, but everyone just takes such pride in like owning whoever they're talking to that not a lot of actual honest communication happens. It's just mainly a show for those who will read it to say like, oh man, look, I fucked that guy up in the comments. Did you see that? And a lot of times it's, you know, funny stuff, you know, humorous stuff. Um, and a lot of times, you know, it's just morons just um, talking out of their depth a little bit. So 
The slowdown is kind of intended to be a community source newsletter in that whoever submits something will be will be a, a part of it. Um, and whoever wants to read it obviously can do so. And if you want to reply to something that was from the from the first edition, you can reply to it in the second edition, which will come out sometime next month. I think we're at the end of this month. Yeah, March 24th. So sometime mid, uh, mid-April, the next one will come out. Hopefully we have a few more contributors this time. It was a little tough rounding up contributions this first time. I'm not going to lie because people didn't really understand the vision. I didn't do a good job of explaining it maybe. But um, they were saying, you know, do you want us to write funny things? What do you want us to write about? And I'm like, there are no rules. You can write about anything you want to. And I thought that that freedom would be more inviting to people. And I think that in hindsight, that freedom and the fact that it was so open-ended um, was made it a little bit difficult for people to really piece together their ideas um, or to, you know, I guess, uh, I guess, I guess, Pick a lane or whatever. So anyway, six contributors um, was great fun to do so. I didn't realize, it seems silly in hindsight, but I didn't realize that I would actually have to write something myself um, for this. Um, I ended up writing a little thing where I was trying to explain what the slowdown is. And um, I think my general philosophy that I wrote in the newsletter was just like, I wanted to do this. So I did this, and the fact that I thought it up was enough of a reason, if that makes sense. So you don't always have to have a good reason to do something. I just thought it would be a cool idea to kind of get this newsletter idea flowing, and it's obviously not going to be the thing that shuts down Facebook or ends or alters the path of social media, Um, but it's just to put the idea out there to people that there is a different way. And the fact that you don't get instantaneous likes, um, you know, will take a little bit of energy away from it. People are so used to posting something and, you know, getting feedback right away. And that's sort of not what this is all about. This is kind of about um, the process of putting it together. And like the name says, the slowdown, it's just a kind of slow things down a bit i forgot when i thought of the name or maybe my subconscious remembered but there's like a local coffee shop in town called the slowdown so um we're not associated with them although i'm sure that they're awesome it seems like a cool shop i've seen some photos some people that i know go in there so now i didn't intentionally rip off the name of the coffee shop but if there's a better name out there i'll happily change it i just kind of as I was sitting here putting it together, I was like, damn, this thing needs a title. And so that was the first thing that popped into my head. Anyway, it's called The Slowdown. So that's the philosophy of it. And um, 15 minutes we've been talking now, so that's a ramble. That's a ramble. Um, you know, I had a very traumatic experience the other day. I was uh, wiping, and my finger burst through the toilet paper um, right into my butthole. And it was, um, you know, it's been pretty scarring to me. I just can't seem to shake it. It was a startling experience. Um, I think I've got a, got a case of TPSD. <laughs> um, so that's a very dumb joke. 
that will probably get told on stage once. And um, another one here is, um, oh, that reminds me, I've got a show coming up April 25th at Mistress Brewing Company. Um, that's next month. It's like almost a month from now, but uh, show show next month at Mistress Brewing Company. It starts at 6 p.m., um, I think I'm closing out the show, so I'll be the last person up. So it'll be maybe, you know, 7.30 or 8 by the time I get on stage. But um, come on out if you feel so inclined. They got pretty good beer out there at Mistress uh, Brewing Company. And um, shout out to them for supporting local comedy, right? Wow. Wow. Bold move in their, on their part. Uh, they, they do host an open mic night on Wednesdays, um, Wednesday evenings. And, um, you know, when you open up your business to an open mic night, you're really saying um, whoever wants to walk up here on stage, no matter how competent, um, can do so. And that can be quite uh, scary. I I mean, I would think that if I owned a business, like last open mic that I went to in there, there was like a whole table full of children um, and their parents that were sitting there anyway. So that's it. This is the Pope cast. I mean, Pope rumor is that Caitlyn Jenner will only see her grandchildren in the super posh fishing village of Nantucket, Nantucket. Hey, all right. This is Ian Pope has been the Pope cast. I'll talk to you later.